You're listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Nola has over 30 years of experience in financial and operations management for companies around the world. As a part-time CFO, she's dedicated to working with businesses of all sizes to create sustainable growth and amplify strategy. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Jonathan Moore, CEO of Star Peak Mining Limited. Jonathan has over 25 years of experience in North American and European capital markets focused on the natural resource industry. He has a history of achievements from his years with Canaccord Capital. In August of 2008, he retired from Canaccord as an investment advisor to apply his experience and contacts to the public company sector. He has successfully assembled multiple world-class companies, strengthened by strong management teams and multiple discoveries. Jonathan first found his interest in the precious metals industry through his Canadian upbringing. He began investing in the Canadian precious metals market and later got lucky in an oil and gas transaction. He has since parlayed knowledge, persistence, luck and surrounding himself with top talent in the mining industry and continues to grow his success. Currently, Jonathan, as CEO of Star Peak Mining, is focused on mining discoveries and finding new places to drill. The company has an approximate $100 million valuation and has raised over $9 million in just over a year, which will help avoid any downtime in exploration and drilling work. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for joining us today. You have an extensive background in venture capital and public markets. You've raised in excess of $500 million for various projects since 2008. While living in Canada, your focus was on the natural resources sector. Can you start us off with a bit of background? First of all, what got you started? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I always get excited when I'm talking you know, about what I'm passionate about, and that's, that's what I do for a living. And um, I think really what got me started was um, being born and raised in Vancouver, Canada, you know, it's, there's a big speculative stock market for upstart companies. And, um, you know, I think historically it's known as kind of the mining incubator, or, you know, it's the place which all these, these, these mining companies come for their initial seed capital. And I, I got exposed to it at a very young age. Um, I started working actually in the back office of a brokerage firm when I was 14 years old, shredding paper. I was the paper shredder and I was getting lunches for everybody. So um, I think that kind of got me a taste. I saw what the stockbrokers did and how they you know, conducted and handled themselves in the office and, and then on the golf course. And, and really, I just started, I just, I liked it. And I became a stockbroker at a very young age when I when I graduated uh, university. I went, uh, I think it was twenty one, and I, be, I became a, a stockbroker. And uh, I uh, ended up at uh, Canaccord Capital at the time, and that was, I think, it's known as Canaccord Adams now, or Canaccord Canaccord Genuity, I believe is the name. It keeps changing names, but um, I was just very, um, you know, big on upstart mining companies. I did a lot of oil and gas companies at the time. And, you know, because being in Canada, there's a lot of resource type companies. And um, believe me, I, I took my knocks and bruises. And, you know, there's, there's a saying I have for Vancouver is the, you know, the main street for business is a street called Howe Street. And it's the only street in the world that is shady on both sides. So you really have to be careful on who you get in bed with or what you do. And, 
And um, I think I just over the years managed to kind of formulate a kind of a business model that I have, which just allows me to, you know, wade through all of the nonsense and and just look for the good parts and the good stuff to focus on and and then, you know, find ideas which um, which are worth investment and, you know, taking public and, and moving them into the market. And, you know, I've been at it now for 28, 29 years. And um, I think I'm working harder today than I ever have. And I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more, probably because we're having a lot more success. Absolutely. So what's keeping you busy at the moment that, that you are actually that focused on working so much harder? Are you still in resources? I am. And, you know, I, I'm, I mean, that's another thing when you're Canadian, you're, you, you're, you're born, you like, you like hockey and then you like the gold market. I mean, that's it's kind so of the true. goes, goes yeah. hand in hand. And, <laughs> and so I, I've gone into the uh, more of the base metal side. I see a, a kind of a second inning. Currently we're in the second inning rally on base metal prices and in, in, in that commodity space. So when I say base metals, I'm referring to in particular, what we do is zinc and copper um, you know, you have lead in there, you have, um, you know, these are kind of consumed type commodities and that yeah. uh, we've seen a, a really big jump in the price. And I think we're just beginning. I think really we're, we've, we've really timed it perfectly. And then I have a passion for, you know, the, the, the uh, precious metal side being in the gold and silver market. Um, the gold market's probably given, I don't know if you can see me, but I, I've got a, probably a few more gray hairs in the last two years than I'd like, because I really love gold and i love the idea of gold in terms of currently to to own it as a hedge against inflation a flight to quality you know all the above the reasons why we buy gold historically but it really has been um a little bit subdued in the last eight Mm. nine ten months and and that's maybe a whole nother conversation but it's just in my mind a complete manipulation by the u.s fed and central banks um i don't think they really can um, they don't like to have the gold price spiking because it shows that there is a problem with maybe the you know the the U.S. buck, and yeah. uh, and I just think it's 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 a manipulative trade. But they're not going to be able to to stand um, in front of it. Uh, gold is going to have a big run, and in my mind, gold and silver I'll put in the same category. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we we just have to wade through it, and uh, you know we have another factor in the equation is this Bitcoin has been introduced and sure yeah. we didn't have that on the last gold buzz so but at the end of the day i mean the, the you know the real money and in my mind is 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 strictly going to find its way into these safe havens like um you know like gold and silver gold. Yeah. um but you know my basis of you know some of the, the the this recent project that i put put together that we've had some success on is is in the base metal side and and really that kind of i think leaves the political aspect of investing out of it for you know, for the for the for the benefit of shareholders and, and people yeah, that put, put money in. No, absolutely. And and it's backed by substance because it's actually backed by a metal rather than by vaporware or some manipulation in in the market. I mean you can't necessarily overcome the manipulation entirely, but there is I mean, gold has traditionally paid off. It, it's not when we want it to always, but it's been shown to 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 produce um, returns over time. Absolutely. I mean, you just you just got to stick with it. And, you know, it's history will repeat itself. Um, we, um, you know, keep things simple is what I, you know, I always tell people, I mean, you don't have to complicate <clears throat> your investment philosophy or your portfolio. Yeah, and uh, you know it's a supply versus demand function on the most part. So on the base metal side, well, 
here we have in the US a massive infrastructure bill being, you know, I guess passed one day whenever these 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 bloody politicians can, can <laughs> uh, <laughs> playing games. But you know, there's gonna be a mass print and that money is gonna be spent on, you know, building you know, bridges and roads and infrastructure throughout the United States. And you know, when you come to that, I mean, you're looking at the copper consumption, the zinc consumption, I mean, on the, on the, on the base metal sides, it's going to go through the roof and, and there's no supply, but the demand's growing. So really I see it as a, uh, I called it earlier, a second inning rally uh, in my mind. We have a long way to go. And then you look back at the gold side, well, gold, I mean, you still have the first gold, gold bar that has been produced historically still in circulation. So it never gets consumed. So it's, it's a different animal, but does play as the temperature gauge for investing in the mining game. I mean, that's that's the purpose really of gold as well. Is if gold's off a hundred bucks, well, the whole mining space, be it in zinc and silver and copper, it's going to be down as well. So it's a bit of a catch twenty two. But I think we are all in the right frame of mind in terms of what we're looking at, and I think um, our bets are going to pay off. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So in business and natural resources, there generally are two groups of people, those who are smart or strategic and those who get lucky. Um, Where do you feel that the most success would fall or which camp do you like to operate in? Well, I'll take, uh, it's better to be lucky than smart any day of the week. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I'll take that. (laughs) Any day, and there's an element of luck absolutely attached to you know the the what we do because what we try to create is um, when we identify an asset or a property or a you know call it a, a, a you know a mining you know mining asset. Say for instance, the one we have it's it's uh, it's a play that um, it's in Quebec. It's called Star Peak Mining, and we you know when we formed it about a year ago or a year just over a year ago. Um, we had historic drilling on the on the property, and we took it a step further. And we actually purchased a past producing mine. So, what attracted us to this area is we were early stage investors in the other neighbor to the other side called Amex Exploration. And Amex has, in the last two and a half three years, come up with a massive gold discovery. Still drilling; they've drilled in excess of three hundred thousand meters to date. It's it's been a wow. dar- a darling company. Uh, we've done very well on it, and it's huge. I mean, it's the, the upside on this thing is still massive. And really, when when I look for something to start, I mean, the best place to find another discovery is in the proximity of a recent discovery. Yeah. Um, I have a saying that, you know, discoveries and ore bodies and, and you know, these these situations, they, they're not orphans. There's always brothers nearby. So there's always going to be you know, family, what I call, you know, there's a, there's a brother or body or whatever. You know, it's just, it's this philosophy that we have. And, and so what I try to do with my team of geologists is increase the probabilities that we will have a repeat success in that area. And really it's just a layer of data gathering. Uh, You create 3d modeling and the technology that's now available is absolutely mind blowing in terms of what you're able to create uh, things that weren't available, say, 20, 30, 40 years ago. So, you know, for instance, purchasing a past producing mine, this thing produced in excess of 10.1 million tons of high grade zinc, copper, gold, silver. And it's, it really, it, it, it's in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt. So one of the, you know, the most prolific Mm. mining areas in all of Canada. So this is where the elephants lie. And with all that data that we had 
then available from that past producing mine. And, and then with the modern technique and technology that you could then overlap on top of that, it created us a very, very um, intriguing model to then start our drilling and our exploration on the property that we that we decided to focus on, which is the one, one right in the middle, actually. We're only drilling 300 meters away from that past producing mine and about 300 meters away from Amex. So we're sandwiched right uh -huh. in the right in just the best prop, you know, the best position. Yeah. And and lo and behold, in in the first few holes that we started, um, you know, you start slow, you announce a 5,000 meter drill program, you fund it cheap because you don't want to dilute the company and you just, you know, you just make sure you have enough gas in the tank and, yeah. and boom, we got lucky. We hit, we hit a massive, uh, massive, massive zone in, um, which was, you know, which I'll get into, but it was a, a huge intercept of very, very high grade zinc and copper and silver and gold. And it really got us going. And then of course mm. you then the share price moves up and then you, raise more money and then you just you know we started at 30 went to what do we go to next a buck 50 then a buck 80 then 260 280 380 so we've really awesome. stagged and and the quality of investors as well become you know not just the the retail investors like us it becomes the top institutions yes and that's where you want to be <laughs> absolutely and then you know we saw a lot of people that are big investors in the amex uh story have jumped uh you know as well and and put oh, money into, into startups um, we also uh, were lucky with the success that we had that the uh, the founder and chairman of Amex uh, joined up as our chief technical advisor. So really, it's um, that was it's a like big sign team. of confidence. And, uh, yeah. and there's no competition here. I mean, even though it's your neighbor and they're a different company or whatever it might be, we, you know, you want to build these areas up uh, together because mm -hmm. the more attractive and the bigger you can make this area, the more attention you're going to get from, from the majors, because yes. it's not just going to be a one trick pony. It's going to be a multiple, you know, situation where there's a number of discoveries and that's what these guys like. So they can, you know, scale their economics uh, accordingly. Yeah. Um, so we're up to, uh, you know, I said, we started at 5,000 meters. Now we're up to 80,000 meters and climbing. So really wow. it's, uh, three rigs going and it's, um, and we're we're into some really interesting zones, and we're we're just thrilled. It's unbelievable. So, yeah. yes, we are very lucky, but uh, it took some smarts to get there. It's and, strategic, and yeah. years and years of just like I said, going through, you know, failures, and and you learn from them, and you just see what you know what you can learn from a situation. So, you know, ten years ago when you invest in something, it didn't work out. Well, why? What was the reasons? And yeah. and now, you know, from all these years of experience, we try to just increase the probabilities for our shareholders to have that massive hit. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, we all know that the Quebec um, mineral deposits, very little of it has been explored, but it's also considered to be one of the best areas in the world to explore for these base minerals. So you pretty yeah. well situated. And I wouldn't be surprised if your thinking is also working with neighbors and peers, you can benefit from technologies as you go. Because I mean, that's one of the secrets in producing base metals is learn, let's get better as we go through time. Definitely. And, you know, our drillers and exploration team uh, is spearheaded. It's a company called Laurentia Exploration. They are actually the drillers and exploration team for Amex as well. So we, nice. we, so we have the knowledge of the, the drilling in the area, um, you know, from what they see, then we can apply to what we see. Um, you know, the Norma Tall mine that we purchased, um, I mean, it, 
produced for 50 years throughout the 1980s in excess of 10.1 million tons on that, you know, then technology. Mm -hmm. So imagine what it does with the technology that we currently have. Really, it's... um, we, we've we've um, we've just scratched the surface, even after eighty thousand meters. I mean, they they mined it down to two point two kilometers, and I mean, it's believe it or not, two point two kilometers was the depth that they went down to back then, and I think we've only scratched down to you know nine hundred meters. So really, it's uh, uh, it's a this thing yeah. is it's it's blowing up. I mean, the the it drilling seems. that we currently have is showing us that uh, this looks like it, uh, it it quite possibly be bigger than 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 that past producing mine. That's pretty awesome, and I mean, I I come from an area of the world which was really big on gold, South Africa. And so we know that even all those years ago when I was in South Africa, with the old technologies, they were able to do some pretty amazing things. So today, mm-hmm. the sky's got to be the limit. You've, you've got to be able to do so, so much better. Are you finding that the pandemic has impacted your ability to get assay results or have you been able to escape that? There's not too, too much of a problem on the people side. So I will say the, the pandemic has helped um, us, I think, mainly with pricing of the of the commodity. I think okay. we've seen a, that's, that's been one. So let's take a step further. Let's look at uh, the availability of a drill rig. So it is quite difficult to secure a drill rig in mm. Quebec right now, um, mainly because um, the rig may be available, but there aren't any quality people there to operate it. Right. Um, now I don't blame the pandemic on that. I just blame the the government handing out freebie money and not not allowing people to go to work because it's. Just, yeah. I mean that's don't. I, there's another conversation you do that's not want to get That's another conversation. Lots of so, people are finding that. Yeah. Um, but I think the um, you know from that standpoint of the drilling and the rig. Okay, yes, okay. But we've secured three rigs and we have a good you know good drilling drilling crew, so we've managed to to overcome that. The next step would be assays. Yeah, the labs are slow. Um, I think they have obviously the same problems with quality people to mm. to to be in the labs. Um, you know, there's also a lot of drilling activity going on, so they're you know they're kind of hit double with with you know a, a lot of order flow. Um, generally speaking, a, a, an average assay will take I think up to what a month to come back from the lab. Okay. Now we're in a position where when we see really good core and good 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 looking rock, we rush them, and the rushes. Generally, they should take about a week to 15 days, but they're now taking, you know, two and a half to three weeks. So, um, and then the cost is a little bit more when you want to rush them because you kind of, um, you know, that's the service they provide. So we've been hitting some really good rocks. So we've been rushing a lot of assays recently. So we're, um, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. And you just, uh, if if you see something good, you rush it into the lab to get the numbers as quickly as possible. No, that makes a lot of sense. So you're obviously a public company and speaking from experience, it can be expensive to be public, but there's so many um, benefits to being public. And in your particular case, your share price has certainly been been proving that, that there's significant benefit to it. You've recently... Um, raised finance at a significant premium to your current price. I believe it was around $3.85 plus the half warrant. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see the price going? I mean, it's come off a little bit recently, but I would think that that's just timing. 
Yeah. So I think really um, we, when we first made our initial holes um, and we made the discovery, I think the real, the, the reason I think why we were liked um, immediately was that we found uh, what they call a VMS deposit. Um, mm-hmm. VMS stands for volcanogenic massive sulfides. And these things are very, very rich. Um, and when I say rich, they're also very rare. Um, so as the name indicates, uh, volcanogenic. So it was formed from the volcanoes coming up through the through the crust, and and as over time it dispersed, you know whatever was coming from the from the from the um, from the volcano, it dispersed it into little pockets or pods of of mineral deposits. And so we're when I, you know getting back to that lucky side. When we started drilling, we knew we had mineralization because of the modeling that we did. And Amex was a big gold discovery. Uh, now they have gone on and have recently hit into some very significant VMS zones and, and they've, oh. bene- they've benefited from that. But we hit the VMS early. And oh, the reason so you why- you better off than Amex in a way. Yeah, I mean, anytime you see a good VMS play, and it's and it's and the numbers that we had, I mean, I think our first hole was well over twelve meters of 23, 24% zinc, um, very high grade copper, some silver, some gold. So, actually, very high grade silver and a little and a trace of gold. Nice. Um, that gets noticed, and um, you know, VMS deposits—they're known to have long production life. Um, just because of the formation as the clusters are usually tightly formed together. So um, you can really get a, a, long, a lot of longevity out of, the, out, of, out of the mine. And the fact that we have multiple metals now, not just gold, not just silver. If we were a silver company, we have all these, you know, zinc, copper, silver, gold. We have them all. The, ca- the cost economics in terms of, of what we can produce it's that much greater because you have these multiple commodities. You're not just right. producing producing one type of rock. And just to show the rarity, I think, um, and these numbers of you know we've these are these are complete fact and figure. Uh, there's 350 known VMS deposits in Canada uh, historically, and there's 800 wow. known worldwide. Wow, um, not many. And in Canada alone, historically. These VMS deposits have counted for 27% of Canada's copper production, hmm. for 49% of its zinc, 20% of its lead, and 40% of its silver production historically. So they're very, very valuable and important. And and the Abitibi Greenstone Belt is obviously, a, a, this is a, a big place for them. Yeah. And when we first started finding them and developing this VMS asset, our share price catapulted. And... I think we went, then we hit the summer doldrums and, and markets kind of cooled off, especially the Canadian side, the U S dollar rose. So the, some of the commodity prices fell, but when you also raise money, we did throw through some flow through mechanisms, flow through funds, which is tax incentive based investing for these institutions. And a lot of, uh, there was two of these funds that actually had to close the fund, roll them over and then reset for next, for the next, um, okay. next raise. So we did have to, um, even though they didn't want to sell them, and the reason we know that is that once the fund closed, they wanted to give us more money. So right, I'm we sure had, they did. <laughs> we had to take them <laughs> off their positions, and you know, so we we bring the price down a little bit. And yeah. I think we we hit a low uh, over the last month of you know close to down to 170. We're back up to 230. I hit a high of 405. You're right, like maybe four months ago. And I'm a far better company today than I was when I was at four dollars a share. 
because we have more drilling, we have more, you know, our resources yeah. is, is just growing and growing. So, you know, I can't take it personally when your share price comes off, but the whole market kind of did. And I think yes, right it now did. it's, we've cleaned out what we had to clean out. Um, we're well-financed and, um, you know, we're just driving forward. And I think Absolutely. just, you know, as, as long as you keep drilling and bringing in value, your, your share price will take care of itself. It'll take care of itself. You know, it's, it's very hard to manage a share price. I've been in situations before where we've had to try and manage the share price of a fashion. I mean, you, you can't drive the market, but yeah. it's so much easier to manage the company do your business and let the share price take care of itself. I mean, you're right. It'll probably and, surprise you. And then being public, you're right. It is a high cost to to be public. The TSX um, Toronto Stock Exchange is, you know, you it's a love hate relationship. You know, you're yeah. you're they allow you to do your business. They allow you to to obviously raise capital and and trade. But you know, the costs are high. Um, the rules and regulations are getting stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just overkill. The, the lawyers, the, the the fees for filings. I mean, it's just they they're 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 strangling companies. And thank God for us that we had a success, so we can actually manage. But the majority yes. of these companies, they can't even. They, they just don't have a chance unless they get lucky. Um, and then you bring in this aspect of algorithmic trading and yeah. high frequency trading and short sellers, and and it's poisoned the market. It has really made it. You know, it's it's made it a really tough playing field, a, a playing field I think, which is not um, not fair. It's not in in a, in a retail investor's advantage. The the type of games that these you know algorithms do and and the and how they drive share prices down artificially. Um, you know, we're screaming every day saying, "Clean it up, clean it up, please." You know, guys, look at this. This isn't allowed. And and really, it's they say they might be looking into it, but. But who knows? And and it nice. this yeah. nonsense has to stop. And maybe one day it does. And you know these things are you know the market might become clean again. So yeah, overall. yeah, because to get natural uh, stock prices is so much better for absolutely everybody on both sides of of the equation. I mean, one looks at the the Reddit lunacy through the summer, and I mean. Everybody loses in the process, quite honestly. There isn't anybody who escapes that kind of a, kind of a process because Definitely. no matter which stock you're in and no matter which company you actually operate, every stock suffered on the, on the Definitely. market through, Definitely. through a process like that. It's unnecessary. So it's, it's, it's the cost of being public and, you know, that's what you just have to deal with daily. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So returning to Star Peak, um, obviously at the time that the original mine was produced, the regulations were different as well as the way the actual ore was produced would have been different. Would you plan on re-entering the areas or would you produce from your, your new drill holes forward? Yeah, we're focused on the new area that we have. We believe that what we're seeing is almost like a mirror to this past producer. So if that okay. would be the the past producing mine going down, we're drilling right here. We think they're basically lined up, um, you know, congruently like staring Ooh. each other in the face. We think it's kind of a repeat situation, and and we we can tell that by looking at the zones and the drill data that they had and where they produced from. And then you just match it up to what we're hitting. And the zones are very similar in terms of depths and, you know, but it might be skewed a little bit with some faulting, but it really looks like it's a, um, a repeat type uh, situation. 
And then, of course, in the other side, you have the big discovery by Amex. So really, we're just sandwiched into all this. And 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 then VMS, I made reference to them hitting uh, Amex hitting some big VMS numbers as well. So we know that it now extends further onto their property. So we have an endless really amount of targets to hit on our property. We have a, a it's it's I mean maybe one of the problems you might say would be well what do you how do the geologists prioritize what to drill first but i have so much faith in these guys that you know they're doing a great job prioritizing it so far um we really have only just scratched the surface on what we're drilling um and i want to maybe say this now is i really um i'm not in the business model of taking something from um start to production i mean that's not really what we're good at okay i was um i i like to um you know, listen, I, I like to stick to what I'm good at. I like to deliver value by growing up an asset to a size, put it on a silver platter and have a major come in and just take me out and we all make a pile of money. Um, it scares me when you hear someone like me um, who really, I have no, in, no, no experience with going into production and whatever mm-hmm. it might be. When they say, oh, we're going to become the next big zinc copper producer in the province of Quebec. I mean, that just, it scares me. You should run for the hills. If you hear someone like me talking about that, you stick to what you're good at. And just the, when you start talking production, it's a whole new set of parameters, costs, money is on. I mean, that's amount of money you have to spend is crazy. And the only people that's good at that are the major companies. So, so for that, for them, for that reason, you know, they don't do business like they did 20, 30 years ago. Because no. 20, 30 years ago, they'd be doing this as well. They'd have an exploration budget and they'd be drilling it themselves. Yes, they would. They now rely on companies like us to do it. And of course, when they see it and they like it, then they come and they just buy it. And then they just go into production from there or, or whatever they, you know, whatever their their plan would be. So I'm, I'm very particular that, um, you know, we, we are not going to be a producer, but I will build this up to a level on my mind, which a potential of it, we think it's it's going to be worthy of, um, of, of a liquidation event. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I mean, the skill set is so dramatically different in exploration and production. And I mean, generally in the world, in most industries, we've proved over and over that niching into the right area produces the best well, the best opportunities and, and, and enjoyment for those who participate in that particular niche, because they're not trying to be a, a generalist, but also, I mean, the outcome is faster and better. So one of the changes that is obviously hitting your industry is the big move to environmental, social and governance, the ESG move. And I would argue that this is potentially beneficial in many respects because you probably are producing minerals into the big growth in in green energy as well as obviously it hits you on on the company side and and the way you do things what has been your thinking or experience on this so far well i mean i really like the green energy business when i'm saying green energy i'm going to now kind of take it a step like what do we what are we really feeding here? We're feeding really the electrification of the grid. We're, fe- we're feeding up um, a, a move from fossil fuels into, um, into battery use. Now, what we are basically providing here is in the base metal side is if you can find a very, very large copper play and move it into, you know, into a production play and, you know, 
you, you have an aspect of, I mean, the, the demand that we have, are seeing being created here uh, is being driven by the electrification of the grid and, the, and you know, throughout, throughout the globe. So, right. I mean, we're, I don't know if I'm really focused on kind of the, you know, that environmental aspect of being able to help provide. I mean, it's really, um, you know, you're, when you set out and you start drilling something, you, you go with what you hit. And yes. by the way, if we had a big silver or gold asset, we'd be running with a big silver or gold asset. So I can't say that I'm, you know, we are very, you know, we're very concerned with the environment. We purchased this past producing mine, by the way, and we, that can be a liability, I might add, because when you pass, mm-hmm. when you purchase a past producing mine, you know, you, you're, you're assuming liability if, if there is one. So yeah. we checked, uh, you know, the tailings from the whole area and, and we knew it was decommissioned and left properly. Okay. And uh, so it's, and we'll take it a step further. We actually have recently signed a deal with a, um, a company by the name of Green Energy Mining, a private company that is now going in and they believe they're going to be able to extract minerals from these tailings ponds. It's a huge idea. It's a brilliant That's idea in my so? mind. And and uh, we have um, allowed them to to basically do some work on our past tailing pond from the Norma Tall Mine. And, you know, I, I mean, listen, I mean, you know, what's, you know, when you're in the mining business, environments are the concern. You go into production, it's all environmental. Yes. And what we are in in Quebec is a very pro-mining jurisdiction. It's in our backyard. Infrastructure's in place. There's electricity. My my drillers don't have to sleep in tents. There's a house. There's houses there. They have a what great a time. They, they have yeah. a hot meal every night, a hot shower. Everybody's happy. And really the only thing that, you know, with, when you're in these types of situations is my costs are lower because, um, you know, I don't have a problem with water access or electricity yes. access. It's not remote. Everything is, is built right in. And really it's just, it just makes us that much more economic. Um, now when you're going into the environmental levels, well, if there's a lot of mines in the area, well, you know, you know, that you're, you know, the, you know, the environmental concerns and, uh, maybe the first nations types relations as well as it's, it's basically been addressed. Um, so really it's, it's, um, you know, we're lucky right now to have found a very, very good source of copper and some zinc. And I think, yes, that will, will benefit from this, you know, move into this globification of the, Mm -hmm. of the electric grid and, and the move away from fossil fuels. Absolutely. We're going to benefit from that. That's awesome. Cause I mean, it sounds very much like we really do need to be discovering new mines because some of these minerals are running out in the producing mines at exactly the time that we're going to need more of them. So it's a good time for you to be exploring. It's really exciting. Yeah. And, you know, I might add that the majors all have mills in the Abitibi. So really your end, the end uh, liquidator for us would be, um, you know, someone that, you know, like an Ignico or a, you know, a HUD Bay or, you know, someone of that size that currently has, you know, processing facilities and mills in the area. And all they're going to need is a, as a more of a supply of the ore coming into those plants. And, you know, so we don't have to build that mill, which is several hundred million dollars. We're oh, looking yeah. to basically just say, here you go. Here's the economics on it. This is what the rock looks like. This is the size of it and put it on a silver platter and let them come and buy us. 
Fantastic. So this particular one has been amazingly successful almost from when, when you first went into the area. But I would guess that along the way through business, you've had significant challenges. So have you had any s- secrets or, or techniques to try and unlock your success to overcome those challenges along the way? You know, it's, I think as you keep going and, you know, every success, every failure leads to maybe a success on the next go round. And, you know, I'm a pretty tenacious guy. I don't take no for an answer. We, we, um, you know, over the years. Yeah. I mean, you, you, when you're young, you, you know, you think you're smart and uh, until something doesn't work your way and you just have to realize why something maybe didn't happen that way. And by the way, a lot of this is mother nature. There's been a lot of very successful people that will go and explore for something and they think it's there, but it's not there. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a numbers game, but what we have basic, I mean, we look at one project probably every two weeks and I do maybe one to two a year. That's it. And mm. so we really um, go through it. We have a, you know, a, a model of what, you know, what passes our tests. And, you know, for instance, the main thing for us is why do I, with my team, want to go and explore for something in Peru or Argentina or Africa? I've done that before. And right. the costs are extreme. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're, and, and by the way, we live in Canada. We, we have some of the biggest resources on the planet. So why would you just stay in your backyard? It's a lot easier. You have the Canadian dollar. I call it the Canadian peso. But, uh, you know, it's, it's why make things difficult and we keep, and I said, I said it earlier, keep it simple. Mm. And I, I really have found a very good uh, team of geologists. Uh, They're, they're all responsible for some mega discoveries. And when we look at something and they apply their technique to it and, you know, a geologist isn't the most exciting person on the planet. Right. So, when they, get, <laughs> when they call you up and say, and they're, you know, Super screaming excited, and spitting yeah. into the phone and they're excited. So if they don't, they don't get excited very often. So when they really get excited about something, then you really got to take a look at it. Okay. Right. And, and that's really kind of where we're at. And um, we don't do, you know, we don't take things public and, and do something like a start peak because we have to. You know, we don't, you know, we've all made some, you know, we're all wealthy and we're, we're doing good things and we, and, you know, we, we, our names are attached to them. So we want to make sure Mm -hmm. they work. So we are, you know, it, it, it has to pass every test before we take it on. And so when we take it on and we're finally doing it, then our mind, our probabilities of success are already way up there. Because you know it, it's the, the 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 homework has been done, then it's just yes up to the the data and making sh- and just drilling will confirm that we were right. Um, and in the case of Star Peak, yes, it's it's exceeded our expectations greatly. It's phenomenal. So, in terms of the exit strategy for your investors, it, it, are you largely looking at the potential takeout by somebody at the right time? Well, you never know. So, yeah, I think we are. You know, my my role is as chairman CEO is basically making sure we keep our share count low. Uh, so I don't like dilution. We have mm. thir- and we've got 39 million shares outstanding, which is really, really cool. That I mean that for me to be able to yeah. attract of, you know, we raised over 8 million and kept their numbers down to 39 million shares outstanding management owns a good 35, 40%. Nice. Uh, we have f- uh, four institutions own probably 
40%, so float of 20%. And, and you know, our share trades, it's, um, we trade at, you know, minimum 100,000 shares a day. I think on average, I don't That's know what awesome. the, I don't know what the average is actually in the last little bit, but uh, we're, we're um, when I, so when I say I'm drilling all the time, then that means there's constant news. And so that's the only reason for a share price to rise in the mining game is, well, you have to be advancing the asset in some respect. And the only way to advance mm-hmm. an asset is to, is by drilling. Yeah. So if you're looking to get into these, you know, into the base metal market or the, or the, you know, the, the metal, the mining market, well, choose one that has cash and they're actually drilling because otherwise you're just going to be buying a stock that's maybe going to sit there. I'm sure if they do some shoddy promotion, the stock goes up, but why would it right. go up? Yeah. So we're we're very proud of the fact that the drills um, uh, will you know they're not going to stop. I've, I'm up to eighty thousand meters, and I fully anticipate to increase it up to you know hundred and whatever thousand meters you nice. know in the next little bit here, and and really keep my dilution to a minimum, and just drill it and build the size out of this resource that we think it's actually there. And all I can say is, I mean, I can't speak for majors or whatever, but the more I drill and the bigger I prove up my asset to be, the more expensive I will become. So, you know, a major might look at you now and say, it's too small, but if they can see, the, they see the data that we're seeing and they can say, you know what, these guys are going to get big really, really quickly. They might quickly. look, yes. they might look at you sooner or they yeah. might wait. I, I don't know, but yeah, uh, it's, it's hard to tell, you know, the acquisition strategy of, of companies can vary so dramatically and to a certain yeah. extent it's circumstance at the time when they actually decide to, to, to do that, that transaction. So, Oh, exciting times. And I mean, to be in the fortunate position of having really good news to be able to get out just naturally all the time, just through your activity. It is. Yeah, we're thrilled. And, um, you know, we're into some really, really nice looking zones right now. And obviously, I can't say too much, but um, no. what we've looked at on the modeling, it's um, it's pretty exact. And we're, we're thrilled and uh, we're excited to let the market know about some more holes shortly. That's pretty awesome. So anything we haven't touched on today that, that you'd like to mention in closing here, perhaps any thoughts? Um, no, I just think it's, um, I think people have to realize the base metals boom is it's, it's, although we've seen a big price jump in copper and zinc and these commodities, I think it's, I don't even think it's started. And I think it's, it's, it's something that people should get exposed to. I think, um, you know, you, it's, you know, you can go buy physical bullion and physical, physical silver, whatever it might be. But when it comes to base metals, really, you have to look at companies that are in that space and, mm. you know, nobody's going and buying physical zinc or physical, you know, copper. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's, Listen, I mean, the chance of this, these are all cyclical, of, as we know, over, over the years. And, and I think, uh, you know, people shouldn't be sitting here 10 years from now saying, God, I wish I bought silver and, or sorry, but copper and zinc companies. I really did because I think it's, this is one of those very unique times in, in our cycles, in our life that you could really, really, you know, make a, make a score. Yeah. And Unfortunately, hindsight is an exact science, and it never is is uh, beneficial. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much for joining us today. It's no problem. 
No problem. I, I should add, uh, so more information, Star Peak Mining, uh, you know, we're obviously got, got a very active website. Yeah. We, we provide all of our drill data on that site. Uh, I think it's starpeakminingltd.com, I believe it is. Um, Star Peak has two R's. Our Toronto Stock Exchange symbol is Sam Tom Edward. And in the US, we are under the symbol Sam Tom Robert Peter Frank. And um, and there's if anybody has any questions, our number's on the website, and we answer calls all the time. Fantastic. I was very much going to ask you, what are the contact details? Let's get people in touch with you. And I will put all the references in the show notes so that if anybody's listening to this podcast on the run, they can... They can pick it up after the fact in the notes as well. So thank you very much for joining us today and for giving us such absolutely astounding, exciting news. It's definitely a space to be in and unquestionably yours is one of the stocks to be looking at very, very seriously. I appreciate you spending the time talking with me. It's been fun. Thank you. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients translate their operating and accounting data into the strategy for business growth they're truly capable of. Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify to hear from other companies that have overcome growth challenges. Get a free copy of NOLA's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy Without Additional Sales and Marketing and download the financial growth scorecard at proteaconsulting.ca. Work with us to achieve your business potential. To find out if we're a fit for your business, email info at proteaconsulting.ca and follow the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook.